Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. You what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Clapback Sports. I am your host, The Mage. You can find me on Twitter at the Mage underscore NFL. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Murph. How are you feeling this week, Murph? Yeah, just fine and dandy. Ready to rock. Okay. Same old rinse and repeat. Just ready to go. It's a big old change from last week, but I feel like there is some uh, tears uh, hiding behind that. Tino, what is up, Tino? The voice of reason on the show. What is going on, man? I'm glad Murph is better. I'm glad he feels better and he's in the right state of mind. I talked about it before we got on the show. Really, the reason he's happy is because the Yankees are up in a playoff series. They've made it. He's, he's energized. They're about to sweep the Indians. We're recording this right before the game, but... We'll just count that as a sweep. And Murph, congratulations. The Yankees actually look like a baseball team again. Thanks, man. Thanks for being a Mets fan and betting on the Yankees to win the World Series. I really appreciate that. Good guy. Good podcast host. What a fucking asshole. So on the show, not only do we talk about sports, but we also take virginities as well. So we took Mr. Chris172, our good friend of the show. Uh, We had him on the podcast for the first time. So for another first, we're now popping Tap Jackson's virginity as well. Action Tap Jackson, what is up, brother? Welcome to Clapback Sports. Thank you, guys. Uh, nothing's up, man. Just uh, trying to get through this season. Week three, we got 14 more with the bye. Just trying to get through, man. Uh, big, big Giants homer. Big Yankees homer over here. I always predict us to win the World Series or the Super Bowl. And uh, for about the last decade, I've pretty much been wrong every year, every season. So, you know what? It is what it is. You know what I mean? Got to start going against the grain, Tap. That's what it is. You know, the thing is, it's like we're constantly – like we talk about this all the time in our chat groups. I talk about it with my brother and my friends. It's like – I feel like we're constantly sold this lie where it's like, I was, I, was, I was talking about this the other day. It's like, have we ever really been good outside of like 2008 when Plexico shot himself? Like that, that's as far back as, as I can remember. Like, yo, like we're a good team. But even going into the playoffs of like every single year, I'm still kind of like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. Like, well, you the know, is too, Tap, if a lot of people want to recall or um, recollect the Tom Coughlin and Jerry Reese years, <clears throat> look, right. if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we only had six winning seasons under the time that Tom Coughlin was here. Um, a lot of times we were, we were nine and 17. Yeah, we, we were never under 500 with Coughlin until like his final years, like him and Eli together were just never under 500. We were, you know, we, we were not always in the playoffs, but we were, you know, they always gave you that hope. It was like, yo, if we make it, we can make a run. Like we have Eli, we have coach Coughlin. See, I don't know. I, I have a, make a run. memory of that. I remember the first round exits versus the Eagles, you know, well, I mean, as opposed to the two magical runs. 
the Eagles have always been our our Achilles heel, man. It's it's just constantly like, can we just beat the Eagles? You know, obviously we all remember that Deshaun Jackson punt. We're like, we had him, we had him, and then all of a sudden the game got blown wide wide open. Fucking Matt Dodge, don't you know what I mean? punt Deshaun. We Jackson. always have him, man, and then we fucking give it up. And the year was like, I remember, what was it Eli's first playoff game where Carolina just spanked the shit out of us, and we looked good. Like we we looked good. We we I think we were what like eleven and five that that season, maybe, you know. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm constantly constantly believing in this team, but it's like at some point I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer, but at at some point, like the realization of it is are we a good franchise anymore? Like, are we that premier franchise that we've always believed us to be? Tap, before you go any further, I just want to give everybody a chance to follow you on Twitter as well. So follow Tap on Twitter at TapDaxon827 <laughs> when not suspended. So if you think that Murphy is terrible against suspended, uh, let's just hope that Jack from Twitter is not listening to this because uh, – yeah, Tapa evades suspensions like they're going out of style. So he is uh, the much worser version of uh, Murph. So, you know, it's just. Didn't we like have to give you somebody's old account to get back on? No, I think Johnny <laughs> had to like create a, a fake phone number for me. Like I was off Twitter for months and one day he texted me. He was like, yo, can you get back on Twitter? I'm like, nah, man, like I'm, I'm done. Like my 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 tweeting career is over and he was like yo i'm gonna create you one and as soon as i got on that i got suspended like two days later (laughs) so then i had to create another one and it was funny because mage hit me up he was like yo let me get your number because you're getting suspended again soon anyway and i'm like no i'm not the next morning he texted me he was like oh you're not (laughs) you just got suspended so i'm like all right man but now i'm back i'm good um i try to hold back a little bit it's just the the thing is, it's just like Twitter for me is kind of just like a release and it's like a different personality of mine where it's like, I can just fuck with people, you know, escape from reality, baby. It's like half of it is like real. Half of it is fake. You know what I mean? Like if you know me, you'll know which time it's real, which time it's fake. Like anytime I'm getting political, it's not real. Cause I'm just like, you know what? Fuck the left, fuck the right, all that shit. Anyone who attacks the Giants or the Knicks or the Yankees, I'm coming at their throat immediately, though. So, well, no one has to attack the Knicks. They do that to themselves. So, yeah, but I, I, I get defensive. So, <laughs> so actually, that, that's actually a good point right there. What? The Knicks and the Giants. Besides our two Super Bowls, man. How mu- how are we that much different right now? Well, You've I won think- it recently. Well, I, think I mean, let's be real. Not that let's let's be real. Super Bowls are gone, bro. 2012 is fucking a long time ago. I know. So since the Super Bowl, what One kind million. of franchise are we? That's what I'm saying. Are are we are we sold this lie? Like, are are we buying into it because we're fans? Like, we grew up, you know, believing and hearing, and we're like, we constantly hear it all the time when players leave. They're like, yo, the Giants are a premier franchise they're like one of the top franchises to play for they're run correctly from from top to bottom and i do get that like you know our franchise cares about their players but at some point it's like yo care about the fans too like my season tickets 
are worthless right now. And they, they've right, been so worthless. I'm going to ask you guys all a question, and Tino, I'll start with you. But assuming that this goes off the rails for the New York Giants, Dave Gettleman is gone. Now, I talked about uh, this off air with Murph as well in terms of who the replacements are going to be. What type of changes are we realistically looking at in terms of front office, coaching, et cetera? Tino, let's start with you, and then we'll go to Tap and then Murph. Well, I don't know how much changes we're going to see in terms of coaching. I think something we've talked about on this show, if anything, in the interim, it didn't work for the Jets, but I would see Judge kind of step in unless they just have someone in-house that they're going to promote to the interim. I would see Judge as the immediate right hand to fill in and kind of mend it. Although it's not what we would like to do, we already talked about how this is fucked from the beginning because if you're going to bring in a new coach, you should bring in a new GM or the GM that you bring in should bring in the coach so you avoid all this you know, messed up management and you don't have people on the same page. I would expect Judge to take over a little bit more. I think that's probably something we've seen in the NFL, at least with Bill O'Brien and whatnot, but obviously that hasn't worked. So I don't know if the Giants are going to want to do that because that's not something they're fond of and they haven't done in the past, but I don't see any reason why you wouldn't do that, especially for a guy who knows the roster the way he does. Tino, do you think that Joe Judge is the right person for the job? So you said that you see this happening. Is it something that you would want or that you would think would work out? So I think Judge is a great like manager. I think he's a good manager of people. I think he knows people well. I think he feels the pulse of the team, and he definitely knows how to stand up and take the brunt end of things. Like He's definitely a leader amongst men. Um, I think he'd be the guy for the job. My issue isn't Judge right now. I Listen, he is a special teams guy. He doesn't lean offense or defense. And honestly, I have, I have problems with our coordinator on defense and on offense. So, uh, of course, he's the head coach. He's the one who brought him in. And I'm sure – you know, he would be the one to tell you that it's on him. But realistically, I look more towards the coordinators for our issues uh, in terms of play calling and whatnot and the lack there of play calling uh, and not too much on Judge. Tap, what do you feel about the direction for this team, front office, head coach? Do we have the right pieces in place? I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm completely sold on Judge. Like, like most of us, when they announced Joe Judge, we were like, what is going on? Like, who is this dude? Like, he's a wide receivers coach, special teams coach. Like, why aren't we getting McCarthy? Why aren't we getting Rule? Why aren't we getting Rivera? Like, these big names are out there. But after his first press conference, I was completely sold on Judge. The problem now is that if, if the season goes to shit and we bring in a new GM, we fall into that problem of like, the GM, the coach, and the quarterback. So does, does the G, like, is the GM forced to have this coach and QB? I don't know. So it's like, do we bring someone that's already there, like an Abrams that, you know, there's rumblings about? What about Casario from, from New England? Well, he would I'm be familiar. You, I'm going to ask you that question because I, I, I know I had this conversation with Murph already, but if the Giants promote Abrams – to some sort of role, right, and give judge personnel decisions, I mean, is that really fit into that mold of keeping a head coach, hiring a new GM, since it's kind of the same old Giants? You're just kind of promoting from within. But then it's like, it's just like, who's the puppet at that point? 
and like the franchises that have the puppets don't work. Like we see it all over the place. Like Dallas, it doesn't work. Dallas is stacked with talent. It doesn't work. Washington, it doesn't work. Those franchises don't work. When when someone's a puppet, it doesn't work. So, you know, I've 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 definitely been thinking about this for like the last few days or so. And it's like we just don't know at this point. So it's like we basically just have to ride it out just like we always we always do. And and it, and it's constantly that. It's like I I don't know, man. Like honestly, right now, like this is like the first time that I'm I'm just I'm just baffled by like this organization in general. Like I, I just don't know where we're going. I don't know what our, our immediate plans are, what our future plans are. I I just don't know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go back a little a little further. So with Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin was ten years older than John Mara. I feel like Mara probably not necessarily re- reported to Coughlin, but maybe accepted Coughlin's intelligence a little bit different than other guys that he's hired since. Um, ever since Coughlin has left this building, there has been a dark rain cloud over this entire place. I don't know if it's the way that John Mara treated him. I don't know. I, I don't know what the fuck it is, but I don't know where we go from here. And I don't really see another way that we can operate with what we have right now besides getting Kevin Abrams. Do I want that? No. Fuck no, I don't want that. I'm, I'm so sick of the same shit that you guys are, are sick of. But the way that we have set ourselves up to operate for the last couple of years is the reason we are where we are today. I wanted Shermer back if Gettleman was coming back. I wanted – I want management to stay – intact with what they're hired as so we hire a new gm you got joe judge here who's going to be the fall guy is it going to be joe judge or is it going to be danny because we both damn well know it's going to be both or one or the other at least and most likely this year the the fan base is going to turn on danny and next year we start owing two. Joe Judge is fucking toast. I already see the Joe Judge shit, dude. They, they want him gone because they're already operating with the, the notion that we're hiring a new GM, new GM's going to want a new coach, new GM's going to want a new QB. And we have so many fucking holes on this roster that the quarterback is literally the least of our worries. Does he need to stop turning the ball over? Absolutely. Does that require help from other people? Yes. You're touching on a lot of points here, Murph, that I I wanted to ask another question, but I got to piggyback off of some of the things that you said first. So, one, I don't think that the rain cloud necessarily started after Coughlin left. I think the rain cloud was here while Coughlin was here because we saw how much Coughlin knew he was playing for his job, dealt with all the shit that OBJ was doing, still played him instead of disciplining him. That wasn't the old Tom Coughlin. So, I want I want to, before you go on, that's fine. That's good and all. But that's more comfortability with the Giants sticking with something that's broken for a long time. So, yes, Coughlin was probably over-tenured. But it was comfortable, man. It was comfortable. And that's what John does. I, I, don't, I didn't have a problem with Tom Coughlin as the head coach. He, he was with the Giants, what was it, 12 years, I believe. Um, so we said that he had six winning seasons in those 12 years with one 500-season mix. So – Honestly, it was it was a it was a mixed bag with Tom Coughlin. Did so you want him gone lost, earlier? No, 
Um, okay, that's I, fair. I just think that the franchise at that point had grown stagnant. I didn't, I didn't see any differences, right? So then we changed the offensive coordinator. We brought in Ben McAdoo. Um, so those were some of the changes that I wanted to see. Now, it, Tap brought this up too about um, Joe Judge. And you brought it up in a sense of John Mara respecting Tom Coughlin. I'm sorry, dude. Maybe I sound like a homer when I say this, but, bro, I mean, Joe Judge seems like the alpha. He does. I don't think that anybody – I mean, if Joe Judge currently has say over personnel decisions, and you and I talked about this, Murph, or uh, it was in the group chat, bringing in Alfred Morris isn't a Dave Gettleman move. So if they're already giving – um, Joe Judge personnel decisions or, or control over the personnel. Look, this guy already put his dick on the table. Everybody said, wow, that's a huge fucking dick. And everybody understands. I mean, this is what Joe Judge is. The other point I want to bring on, and we can go, uh, uh, we can do the round table again with that. But you mentioned about Danny and about everybody placing blame on Daniel Jones already. I see it, man. This is the tough thing about playing New York. Danny last year was playing with house money. And he hit the jackpot last year. Changed the opinion on him uh, from the fan base, from analysts, everybody else. This year now, though, they're expecting him to be that franchise quarterback that everybody saw last year. And he can't do it by himself. So what I see with the rush passes He's not seeing the same things that he was last year, et cetera. I think that he's crumbling under pressure a little bit, and he really needs the personnel around him that's going to help lift him up, at least through his acclimation periods. I see you shaking your head, Murph. I'll, I'll come back to you for that. Well, I'm just going to take it back off tap a little bit. Were we duped? I said this to you the other night, Mage. Tino, I'll say it to you. Were we duped? Did we think that we had more than we actually have? I mean, we got Sterling Shepard for Danny. We got Golden Tate for Danny, and we got Darius Slate. Me and Mage haven't been Slayton wide receiver one guys at all, ever. Uh, Tate is a slot guy. Shep's a slot guy. We made him play out of position his whole entire career. I don't even care that he's on IR. Just let that man get healthy because we fucked his whole entire body up. But were we duped? Did we think that our talent was better? I mean, let's be real. I'm, I'm okay admitting it. Like – I thought we were going to slide by with this wide receiver court and Evan Ingram was going to break out and Saquon, obviously that hurts, but that's a whole other factor. But were we duped into thinking this offense isn't what it is? I mean, we yeah. talk about Sam Darnold all the time and not this having any thing. weapons. And I mean, there's no O-line, there's no wide receivers. This is the thing. I feel like this off season, when we got, when we drafted Thomas, we drafted Pert. Um, we, we, we re-signed Gates to this big contract, it gave us this, this feeling of like, of like our line is fixed. Like we're finally putting something on the line. So my, my whole thought going into the season was, all right, we're going to run heavy. It's going to help develop Danny because I believe I spoke to Murph about this way back. He was like, I don't know about this, this uh, receiving core. I'm not sure about this. And I'm like, listen, this is going to help Danny. Like, all we're doing is we're having guys that, that know how to run routes. We're going to go short. We're going to attack them with the run. And then the season comes, and we're awful at, at, at the run. We get no separation. When guys are open, Danny's over there pump faking five times, swinging the ball around. Like, 
what is going on? Like, what, like, so I don't know if we were necessarily duped, but I feel like throughout the years, we saw things that just continue to be there. It was like, we don't have a lineman. We'll plug this guy in. He sucks. Let's just continue with him, continue with him. And I'm talking about flowers. I'm talking about us even bringing Solder in. It's like, I don't necessarily fault Gettleman for the Solder signing. It was like, we needed a left tackle. He was the left tackle that was out there. So it's like supply and demand. Like, I don't fault him for it. But, you know, at some point we were, we were going back to, to how Reese operated was, we're just going to keep plugging the same guys in there and just hope that they get better. And I think com, com, coming into this season was like, all right, we have this, no, we have this whole new line. Like we're confident that like we finally got it. Tap, let me stop you for a second though, because the fan base also has to understand none of those guys are here anymore. So what you're seeing is a whole new regime. I know it seems, it seems like more of the same to us, but it's not. It's right. not. And, so, and fans have to realize that. And I said this in our group chat, and then, Tino, I'll, I'll give you the floor. I said this in our group chat. We shouldn't expect any major changes through the first four weeks. COVID, no preseason. Look, I don't expect major changes. And I said on the podcast, they were going to keep it simple. Defensively, mm-hmm. they weren't going to put in a lot of uh, blitz packages or schemes, this, that, or the other thing. And on the offense, they're not either. And part of that also in- includes um, the protections up front for the offensive line. Look, they're just going to keep it simple. They're going to call out basic uh, basic protections and just try to move the ball. And they were going to try to do that through Saquon. Tino, did we get duped? No. we. I don't think we got duped because – at least I didn't because I had – reasonable expectations. I mean, to your points, talk about filling people. Will, Will Hernandez is struggling at the left guard position this season, but I had told you guys, and I don't know if you remember on this show, I said, he's someone who has to be better this year because again, it was trial by fi- uh, trial by fire. We understood, okay, there's going to be some bumps in the road here. He's a young guy. We're just throwing him in to fill our left guard position. But now it's like season after season. It's like, well, when the hell is he getting it together? And then, you know, in terms of our wide receiver core, uh, core, we were playing with house money with Slayton. We got him in the fifth. So, sure, like, I would love to be willfully optimistic and think he could be a wide receiver one. He plays that way sometimes, but is he? No. At the same time, this is a problem we've always known we've had. We've lacked another outside guy. We got Tate, which was questionable because we had Shep, but Shep can't stay on the field. So, it's almost like they got Tate as an insurance policy, but then we don't have enough receiver depth. So, uh, I mean, without Saquon, it was – you know, it's going to be hard enough to run the ball. But even with him, I knew this line would have tough sledding ahead of them. I just feel like we were going to try to run the ball, and I was happy about that, commit to it, help Danny by trying to run the ball. I just didn't realize that it would still be this bad. I mean, it was this bad last year. I haven't seen much of a change. Uh, It's really because, though, I think, yeah, Jason Garrett's keeping it simple. I know we didn't have an offseason, but – it's just way too predictable. And honestly, it's going to get Danny hit like hard at some point. He's going to get killed if they continue to keep it this basic. There's no pre-snap motion. There's no protection. We don't run the ball. We ran the ball 10 times. He was our leading rusher. So it's like now the only way we get the He's run game going. rusher on the season as well right and That's now. what I'm saying. So now what? The only way we get the run game going, and we've said it, yeah, we have to utilize Danny. But, like, that's not great for his development. It's great for him to expand his game. 
But in terms of helping him be a franchise quarterback, I'm not sure that's the best thing. Tino, I want to stay with you for one second because you brought up a great point, and this is something I've been mentioning. So one of the guys that you really like, and you mentioned on the last podcast that you want the Giants to get is Panay Sewell from Oregon, right? So I, I Oregon really, or Oregon? Oregon, Oregon, fuck you, Murph. Octagon? All right, uh, come on. Uh, what word couldn't you say uh, correctly? Oh, he's all triggered now. We'll have to go back and cut the tape on that. Get out of here with your dyslexic. No, Murph just fucks up every word. Oregon Trail? Oregon Trail. So anyway, so fucking Murph. But anyway, I'll come back to the question, right? So I'm hoping that we don't get the first overall pick because I don't want to have the whole Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones conversation. That's it. Let's fix the offensive line. So, Tino, if we had a solid offensive line, let's say Mosul to left, put Andrew Thomas at right, Shane Lemieux at left, Will Hernandez at right guard, and let's say we keep Gates at center, right? We have Daniel Jones. We still have Saquon Barkley. We still have Darius Slayton, who all of us here has said is a wide receiver two, not wide receiver one are you really one wide receiver away from this being a solid offense, even with Caden Smith being your, your starting tight end then? It, does it all come down to the offensive line, I guess, is my question. Absolutely, yeah. And I think Sewell would make sense because we drafted Lemieux. Him and Lemieux were the best offensive linemen on that team. That's already in-house chemistry. I think he's the best lineman in the class. Uh, it gives you options. If you bring Lemieux in, so now Gates is your center, fine. So then Lemieux would just get reps at guard. We can move Will maybe to the right guard instead of getting devoured on the left side. People want Zeitler to possibly get traded, which is a possibility if this team goes into full tank mode by the way this season is going. So I wouldn't necessarily love to see Zeitler go. I think he's probably one of our most stable guys. But, you know, this is a business. It's the way it goes. And other than that, as long as Cam uh, Cam Fleming gets fucking thrown into – an abyss somewhere, I think we can only take a step forward on our line. Again, we have Parrott, so we'll see how he looks. But I would love to see this young line kind of come up. And one more thing to wrap it around. Everyone got excited that we finally drafted a line this year, and that's great. We finally did. But I think anyone who didn't have reasonable expectations to think, yeah, most of those guys are not going to start. Thomas probably shouldn't, in most cases, just get thrown to the left side. He did, okay, because he's a high-round pick, fine. But anyone who didn't realize that it was going to take time on those guys was just delusional. Can't expect Mark Colombo to come in and suddenly make rookies into all pros in their first year in a COVID-shortened season with no preseason. But the one point that you didn't really touch on, though, Tino, is if we did have that offensive line, let's say we had a top five offensive line, do you feel confident then having Daniel Jones at quarterback, Saquon Barkley at running back, Slayton as your two, does this make you feel better about the offense if we can pick up a wide receiver one? Yeah, well, so for the Danny stuff, and we've talked about this on the show enough, that whole Josh Rose and Kyler Murray bullshit was an anomaly, okay? That doesn't normally work. If you invest in a quarterback in the first round, you don't just fucking scrap that shit. I'm sorry. Leave that shit to the New York Jets if they want to do it with Darnold. It's not happening, okay? And then in regards to, okay, if we don't take Sewell, would we take someone like Jamar Chase? Well, I think we've talked about on this show – I think it's more that not necessarily with one wide receiver away, but again, just someone we love to talk about on the show. Okay. If we did have Allen Robinson outside Shep and Tate on the inside, and then we're dealing with Darius Slayton on big shots on the outside, the team looks magically better. 
and we have a goal line guy in terms of a receiver that we can rely on other than fucking bum-ass Evan Ingram who literally can't do anything. And I'm glad we didn't mention him yet to this point. I had to be the one to do it, but oh my God. I'm ready to start Caden Smith at tight end. I think that he can do it. So are That was we, part of my dupe question, bro. So then are we just a tackle and a wide receiver away from being a decent offensive, uh, offensive unit? Well, we need a full season with, with Garrett to figure out what the fuck he's doing. I mean, again, do we're we have a coordinator? Yeah, we're, we're, we're an Again, again, we have three linemen that are a question, mm-hmm. and that's not okay. So, like, I'm not so con- – like, like Tap said earlier, he was, he was talking about things that he didn't expect, and I didn't expect the defense to be good, and I expected this offense to be able to move the ball. I'm not going to lie. I expected us to move the ball, especially with Saquon. And – we don't, and the defense is playing way better than they were expected to, so hats off to them. They're keeping us in games. I don't really blame them for this last Sunday because they were burnt, but that's a whole other question. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I expected those 19 drive plays all the time. Like, that's what we spoke about in the offseason. I was like, this is how we're going to wear teams down. We're going to keep our defense rested. I was more worried about the defense than anything else. <clears throat> Surprisingly, the defense is showing up. And I do get it. It's, it's, the, it's the COVID year, you know, no preseason, barely an offseason. And we have a new coach, new everything. Everything is new. So I guess <clears throat> me going into to, to this season, as well as every season, is that we're going to compete. The NFC East is is a weak division, we can take it. We can steal the fucking division. And then we come out, first two weeks, we weren't really crying. Like, we looked good. Like, we, we looked like we were, we, we were ready to go out there. Murph cried. Murph cried a lot after the <laughs> Chicago game. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's just the result of too many winnable fucking games, bro. That's, I'm going to ask Tap this question because I asked y'all last week. How many games in the last three years have we fucking lost that we should have won? Dude, you don't even want to know the number. It's disgusting. Way too many. As, as, as far back as, as you can think about games where it's like, if this happened, if that happened, we win the game. If this happened, this, you know what I mean? Even going back to the Bears game, I'm like, before the half, if Gano would have hit that field goal, that motherfucker hit a 62-yarder against us to win, but he missed that one. What was it, like 55, 54? And, and then fucking their lineman caught a touch or a fucking third exactly. down version. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's the like, the game. like, like how often do, do you watch a game and you're like, only the Giants. This only happens to the Giants where, you know, Eli, he'll throw a pass. It'll bounce off of five people and get picked off. But then you watch a game where, you know, Brady or like Rodgers will throw it. It'll bounce off five people. And it's a touchdown. Like, what the fuck? Like, when when does the ball bounce our way? It's a Tom Coughlin curse, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> it has nothing to do with firing Tom Coughlin. It's the way they fucking treated him, man. We're cursed. But I want to throw this back because Tina was talking about Andrew Thomas a little bit. And we were talking about Gettleman a little bit. So, Tap, I want to ask you this because I saw a pretty surprising stat earlier. What do you think Andrew Thomas ranks in the league as far as pressures given? Uh, this is cheating a little bit because I saw it as well, dude. So, I was I was a little disappointed. So how do we feel about that? 
I mean, is that a result of the O-line and the offense being down? Is Andrew Thomas not playing good football? Is it, like Tino said, throwing him to the Wolves, throwing him right on the left side from game one? There's just so many fucking issues with this team, man. First it's of all, all of it, happen. man. You could have pretended like you never saw it. Gave us and said, "Be like, oh yeah, second in the league." I was looking, I was doing some research the other day, and I was surprised, dude. I honestly was because I felt like Thomas has played good football, and honestly, when I went back and, and watched the All Twenty Two, I haven't been paying attention to Thomas because he hasn't been the talk of the town. Well, but now will, it's slowly coming up. I will tell you where I think those pressures are coming from, but I want to give Tap a chance to respond, though. So, uh, the the thing is, when you're watching games, you don't necessarily feel like thomas is the problem right so i feel like a lot of pressures come up the middle not Our, like with solder last year Definitely yeah not. exactly like so but the the thing is are we also looking at it from the viewpoint of when he does get beat we're like oh he's a rookie that was just thrown in to the left we got to give him some time Solder's a vet you know he protected tom brady he's got super bowls this that and the other thing so, but, but realistically, like when I, when I watch the Giants games, I don't feel like Thomas is a problem. I'm, I'm very happy with Thomas. You know what I mean? So it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's tough because offensive line, you have to play as a unit. You, you do. And it all starts from the center. And, you know, after week one and two, people were hating on Gates. I'm on that train now, man. Like Gates is the problem, but I don't know if we put someone else in there that it automatically fixes it, you know? And, and also I'm, I'm under the, I guess. Uh, well, Tap, let me cut you off there for a second because staying on the Gates point, I had brought that up and then somebody else on Twitter had said that Gates wasn't the problem, which I agree with you, but where I think, I don't think Pulley is a better blocker. But right now, with Daniel Jones having as much on his plate as he does, I think Pulley can alleviate some of that pressure by simply just being able to call out the right protections, et cetera, um, to alleviate some of that on Daniel Jones. Thoughts? I don't know, man. Um, it's just a big-ass ball of confusion right, right now. As, as much as the offensive line is confused, it's causing the fans to be confused. And it's... I don't necessarily blame it on Daniel Jones. Like Daniel Jones has, has shown it. I, I came in into the season, you know, totally scared of that sophomore slump from him. Last year he came out lights out, but we did play shitty teams. Like he did do well against shitty teams, but he showed that promise. So I, I hate to keep saying, I don't know, but it's, that's, that's it. Like, I just don't fucking know anymore. Like we, we can't pinpoint things anymore, you know, like back, back in the day, it, it was a problem. It was, all right, we don't have linebackers. Well, we never had fucking linebackers or, you know, we're, we're one corner away or like our offensive line isn't that good. All of a sudden in those two runs, the offensive line found itself somehow. So like, what, what do we need to happen for that to happen? Well, and you know, I think you're kind of on to something, too, because they are going to find themselves, whether they're a good team or a bad team, um, they're going to be able to get into their 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 game day form. Obviously, with no offseason and everything, it's it's been a rough. But we're going to win some games, dude. 
We're not going 0-16. I, I, I don't care what anyone says. We will win some games, and we will fuck up whatever chance that we need to have is in the draft pick. We're so, going to win this weekend. That's, that's Yeah, that's I mean, we're going to win. Yeah. Like, like, we're, like we're this, is the, this is a game that we will win because we're underdogs by 13. Right. Will we? I have no idea. But, like, realistically, with Giants history, we might. Look, just staying on the Thomas point real quickly, though, I wonder how many of those pressures are due to Will Hernandez playing next to Thomas. Because one of the things that I noticed, too, uh, especially I think it was in the Bears game, they were running a lot of stump blitzes. So you got to rely on the person next to you to be able to pick that up if, if, if you're calling out one protection. So if you got the outside rusher or if you got the inside rusher and somebody else is stunting from the outside like Mack and Quinn did on the uh, fumble, you got to hope that your guy's going to get him. If, I mean, if that's what we talk about with the continuity on the offensive line that I think is just missing. So, Well, yeah, con- continuity is, is, is definitely needed. I mean, we're, we're three games in, no offseason. So I, I said this before the season started. You got to give me five weeks. You got to give me at least five weeks. And, you know, I wasn't expecting – Oh, and three, you know what I mean? I, I was hoping for, at worst, we go into week five, two and two. We steal two of those games, we're fine. Oh, and three changes things a little bit, but I definitely don't agree with the masses that are like, we need to change things up right now, put part in there. As much as I want to launch Fleming, I mean, like, we, we can't throw part in there either. Like, we, we just can't. We can't. I don't know, man. Sometimes, sometimes the alternative is better than what you have, right? I mean, if you got a trash can at the right tackle position, sometimes, uh, you know, a Roomba might be better. At least it moves. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm okay with trying to give some of these younger guys some reps. If and again, I'm going to defer to coaching. If coaching believes that they're ready, though, so that's where I am with it. I think the NFC East is going to be won by somebody that has a 5-11 and 11 record. So, uh, we're definitely still in it. Realistically, though, like, where are we picking up our first win? The Rams. Well, yes. <laughs> Obviously, we're winning on Sunday. But, like, seriously, this is I, tough, man. I'm, I'm not even kidding. It's, 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 it's just typical Giants to win Or, or we'll win next game. week at the Cowboys. <sighs> You know, it's we haven't won there in fucking three, four years now. I just it's gotten to the point where it's like, fuck, man. We got we got a lot of shit coming up. If anything, probably but, week six against the skin or the this, Washington football team. This is what the Giants do, man. They rip our heart out at the beginning of the year, put it back in the middle, and then stomp that shit to the ground <laughs> at the end. So. For me, again, I'm looking at coaching. I want to see if there's some sort of progression here. I want to see what changes they're making week to week. I'm not giving myself any expectation on the wins. If if I see that they start to put it together, and even if we happen to go 0-5, look, if, if the rest of our division tends to lose another game or two, we're still not out of it yet. If all of a sudden it looks like that, hey, the cylinders are starting to click, and that this team is rolling, hey, we could get hot at the right time, man. Even if we take the division at nine and seven, hey, look, who was it? The Seattle Seahawks won the division, uh, the West at seven and nine. 
went in and beat the New Orleans Saints in the uh, first round. Yep. Hey, it could happen, man. I think the Rams did one year too. So yeah, I I remember Seattle, uh, New Orleans was like something ridiculous, like twelve and four, but they had to travel to the seven and nine fucking Seahawks. <laughs> right, exactly, they had to go and, and then got smoked. Yep. I mean, we need we need to get some talent. We need Danny needs some help, man. I mean, <laughs> I got nothing else to say. Our defense can keep us in some games, man. I I, I really believe that. I think they can, but. All right, so let's not beat a dead horse then, Murph. We have some voicemails. Guys, what do you say? You want to you answer some voicemails here? Let's do it. Hey, it's Mark Bergen from the Believe in Steelers podcast. Thinking about you guys after a dismal display by the Giants yesterday. And really, it's a shame that the Giants don't play the Jets in a toilet bowl. And if they did, I think that the winner between the two teams would then deserve the number one overall pick. I'd love to know your guys' thoughts about that. But uh, specifically to Murph, I know you've survived the swine flu in the past, so you'll get through this. You're a fighter. You're a survivor. Uh, Try to see the light at the end of the tunnel with all this. But I know times are tough for you right now. But uh, just thinking about you guys, you're going to be okay. But uh, let me know what you guys think of my idea, and I can't wait to listen. Take care. All right, guys. So our first voicemail is from our boy, Mark Bergen, over at the Believe in Steelers podcast. So, Mark Bergen, uh, Murph, first of all, I think if you see any light, I don't think you're going away from it. I think you're going towards it at this point. So, Absolutely. Um, There's nowhere else to go. <laughs> so, Mark's suggestion is let the Jets and the Giants battle it out for the first overall pick. Um, I'm not sure we can even win that game, guys. Uh, I'm a firm believer that should happen every single year. So, what? Just the Giants and Jets play each other? Yeah, like I feel like all in-state teams should play each other every single year. Like Baltimore should play Redskins, Giants play Jets. Well, we uh, would have been better off. Steelers should play Eagles. When we played the Redskins last year, that should have been the toilet bowl. You know, the one that we won and we ended up. I was there. That's why we won, baby. Yeah, Danny went the fuck off. I'm just saying this would reward winning and you know, not encourage tanking. So this might work. I think Mark is on to something. You know, some dynasty leagues do this too. You know, winner of the loser's bracket gets the number one overall pick. So he's not too far off. We might be on to something here. Tap? To me, that's just embarrassing that that's even suggested right now. <laughs> I know, that's how fucking far <laughs> it's we've like, fallen. It's like, have we fallen that far where it's like, you know, I, I constantly see people saying the Giants or the Browns of the NFL now. And it's like, no nah, man. The Browns are the Browns of the NFL. Okay, let's just stop. Exactly that. that. The Browns are the Browns of sports. The I got something y'all are gonna like to, Browns, like to so. hear, but All right, the on, last three down. years, the Giants are the Browns of the NFL. Yeah, the that's coming from a Gettleman cock gobbler. <laughs> yeah, but like you goggle every cock, so true. This is true. Just this not majors. <laughs> no, you play with my balls first. Eh, yeah, um, kind of small. <laughs> it's embarrassing, man. Like you know, what my balls or the Giants? Both. Uh, both. The Giants are Mage's balls. It's embarrassing. Here's what's <laughs> embarrassing. Like, like I, it, it really is, dude. Like I, I love wearing my Giants shit. I really do. But I, 
it's to the point where like I live in Virginia, obviously, but I go out in public and like, you know, people ask about it because it's not in New Jersey, New York. And it's like, Oh, those giants. It's like, fuck, I don't want to talk about this dude. I don't want to talk to this fucking Redskins fan about the giants <laughs> and how they beat the Eagles, dude. Like Murph, bad but football. I'll still rock it. Still love my team. Still blue blood. Murph. It's the Washington football team. now, Murph. No, nah, always the Redskins. People in Virginia down here. So- Murph, we are a politically correct show. No, All day. for real, dude, it kind of is embarrassing. Like, we got to get this thing going. It's not kind of embarrassing. We didn't force a punt last week, nor did we get into the red zone. I know you said well, you, you have faith I in the defense. I just said we're the Browns of the last But I'm saying years. I had faith in the defense too, but not after that shit. And we well, still call man-to-man on third and nines for no reason. We have 10 people on the field. We can't stop a slant round. It's literally watching a shitty game of, like, Madden. Like, as if you put a sim on it. But, like, the one team's on rookie and the other's on all Madden. It's literally a joke. It's a joke. Last you week know, was pathetic, man. It was so bad that the Bears marketing team boasted about their punter having exactly zero punts. It's pathetic, dude. It's pathetic. So, they pretty much made him a hero last week. Um, but, Mark, look, as for me – I don't want the first overall pick. I want to ride it out with Daniel Jones. Um, I like what Tino has been saying the entire time. Let's go get Panay from Oregon and, uh, you know, move on, protect Daniel Jones, the king. So, you guys ready for our second voicemail? Do it. Clapback Sports, Murph and the gang. This is Eric, the Mets fan from the dumpster fire known as Giants Twitter. And um, I woke up feeling different than the last two weeks, just feeling very numb. Because unlike those past two weeks, you know, we could have won those games, you know, if this happened or this happened. But there are just, you know, no positives with the present and the future of this team after watching yesterday's game. Getting our backs blown out by backups in an empty stadium, just hearing nothing but crickets just didn't sit well with me. You know, at least you feel a little better when you start hearing booze and stuff. You know, people are feeling the same way as you do, but we couldn't even, like, get that, and the players don't have to hear that. But I don't have the answers, and the scarier part is I don't think anyone in the organization does either. So I just said last week that the Giants are never bad enough to get the number one pick. Well, I'm rethinking that now. Rebuilds should not take this long, and we're running out of folks to blame. This year sucks. This team sucks. And I am try to be a positive person, but it's just impossible right now. Thanks. Bye. Our voicemail from Eric, the Mets fan on Twitter. Um, the one interesting thing he said there is that Murph is also not unfamiliar with getting his black bo- his back blown out by adult men. So uh, another thing that the Gi- uh, Murph has in common with the Giants. But I, I mean, Dude, Murph. Hey, it- on the serious note, Eric, he's. As diehard as it gets, man. He's just like us. Well, I've that's what I was going to say to you. for a while. So, look, Eric seems like a depressed Giants fan right now. He's it's upset. It's genuine. It's genuine. So, he, sounded, he sounded so sad on that voice, man. He was. He, I, Eric, I know damn Eric, well all three of y'all Eric. felt that. I know damn well all three of y'all felt that. But yeah. Eric has a point here, though. This is something that we talked about earlier in the episode is we're running out of people to blame here, guys. I mean, Eric brings up a great point. I mean, what happens after Dave Gettleman is gone, right? We have all these Saquon haters, all the Dave Gettleman haters. What do you do once Dave Gettleman's gone? 
bring in Kevin Abrams, Kevin Abrams is going to be the next villain. What if we bring in exactly who they want? Let's say we bring in Ed Dodds or, or Casario, and we still have Joe Judge here or whatever coach they may want, and that fails. Who, who else do you have to blame for this? Then it goes to John Mara, who's, uh, who's I blame Murph. Target. I blame Murph for this. It's Murph's fault. Can we just do that? Can we just <laughs> default that to the answer? And we just have Murph like get yelled at this entire show whenever. Yo, whenever someone I'm, says, "I am the, the most negative in person in the world outside of everything besides Giants football," I am the biggest fucking optimist, and I'm lost. So don't give me that shit, Tino. I mean, the you can the, blame Mage's bitch ass because he's the one that picked them to go nine and seven. The blame is going to go on John Mar John John Mara, like Master. it it's it's going to be because the the thing that that's going to get brought up is if we bring in Abrams, it's going to be like oh it's the same old shit over and over and over again. We bring in someone else, and it's going to be oh well they're forcing Joe Judge and Daniel Jones onto them, so. Regardless of what happens, unless we completely just clean house, it's it's gonna go to 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 Tish and Matt and fucking Mara. That's that's what's gonna happen. So like my my whole feeling on 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 this is like I don't know if if, if I'm right or wrong. <clears throat> I feel like we've we've been in this. So I kind of feel like Dave Gettleman was kind of given like a shitty hand. I mean. I feel like reset us back at least five years, at least, right? He never rebuilt the line. He would just go for best player available, just go for the athlete, whatever, ignore our needs. We had fucking Laramie Tunsil sitting right there. How many Giants fans were screaming for Laramie, Tuns for La for Laramie Tunsil? And we take fucking Eli Apple. You know what I'm saying? Where, where it was just a complete reach. We well, thought you know he what? was better than everyone else. These in the are world. also the same fans that are complaining that Dave Gettleman ignored the warning signs with DeAndre Baker, but yet a video comes out with Laramie Tunsil. So it, 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 the one thing that I've learned about these fans is that they want their cake and eat it too, right? Right. They're but, right when they're right, and they're right when they're wrong. But the thing is, like, back to what I was saying, I feel like Dave, Dave Gettleman was dealt a really shitty hand. We were already five years back. And then his first year, I firmly believe that that management was like, listen, we got to try to win again. Like, we got we to gotta get another one for Eli. We got to be competitive. And when we fucking sucked, it was like, all right, now, you know, tear it down, build it the way you want. And people constantly argue now that it's, oh, this is all Gettleman's players. To me, this is technically Gettleman's second year into this rebuild. So... If Gettleman's not here and we start winning, are we going to credit him or are we going to credit the next guy? And we keep talked on saying about that on this show too, Tap. <clears throat> and I said, I don't give Dave Gettleman shit for 2018 because I believe he was under a directive from John Mara to win now. Exactly. I don't, I don't judge him for that. Look, with the second overall pick, would it have been Saquon Barkley? Possibly. But we know Dave Gettleman loves his hog mollies. Who's to say that when I've been. Quentin Nelson or or uh, uh, Bradley Chubb, right? Right. The two things that he said is, got to stop the run and you have to establish the run. He's trying. We just suck. But again, why? So I don't think that Chubb or Nelson is necessarily out of the question. If it was 2008 was up to him. No, I I I feel the same way. Those those two guys were were my 
two main guys. I didn't want any any of the QBs. Maybe like maybe Josh Allen. Like my three guys were were Chubb because I'm huge on the defensive ends. Like I want defensive ends up the ass. I want six defensive ends. You know, throw them in, let them play D tackle like Tuck did. Just throw them in there. I want a constant NASCAR package, just constantly. So Chubb was was my guy. Nelson was my guy. And third, I was like, I guess Saquon, because he's he's obviously the best player in the draft. But when you look at it from the value standpoint or like our needs, did we really need him? Am I happy he's here? Yes. Do we need him? I don't think so, man. And I don't want to... I don't want to jump on that train where, you know, Miss Daquan, like all these fucking Giants Twitter cucks are all over because I absolutely hate those guys. And if you're listening, I want to fight you at the next game. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Well, you guys know I was a Sam Darnold guy. I wanted Sam Darnold with the second overall pick over Saquon Barkley. Um, I still think that he's kind of had a, you know, he's, he's been delivered a shit pie year after year, Sam Darnold. And it's really hard to evaluate him same way we're trying to evaluate Daniel Jones this year. But at the same time, I, I mean, we still don't know. I don't, I don't blame Dave Gettleman for 2018 because I still believe he was under directive from John Mara to win now. I believe that. Eli Manning. I believe so, that. And I think you're onto something. I, I mean, if we start winning and Dave Gettleman's not here anymore, are we not going to give him credit for the roster then? We have no offensive lineman on this team that was drafted under Jerry Reserra, and he's only been gone three years. Yeah. That's But sad. that's the thing. Everyone is expecting these instant results. So for me, 2018 was just, was just a throwaway season. It's, it's, it's so, so to me, I, I firmly believe that this is our second year in the rebuild. Was I expecting us to go out there and just light them up? Yes, because I'm a fucking homer, and I believe that every year. When people ask me my prediction every year, I say 16-0. and 0. You know why? Because I don't, I don't pick against us, ever. I, I, you are Rihanna when Chris Brown says he's not going to hit her anymore. <laughs> speaking, of, exactly. uh, speaking of picking, Tino, what you got for us? Well, well I want to uh, first come out of the gate to your hot and just say <laughs> – Oh, I, I was. Gonna, I thought you were gonna say come out of the closet. No, I well, felt. I that. felt rushed last week to uh, put something together here, and I ended up picking the Giants. Which, well, yeah, that, our fans appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, man. I, I didn't. Uh, mean it. I would fucking hope they were this close to covering the spread too. So close. That close, right? What did you put down on it, and what was it when you put down on it? Well, no. So the spread was at four and a half. I have this thing about home underdogs. I can't get enough of it. Uh, that was a spread. I didn't bet it straight. I'm not a sicko. This week, we're not touching the Giants. They're 13-point dogs. Uh, it's a lot of points. Um, I'm not. That's not going to be my pick for this show. That's not my pick for this show. I'll, spr- I'll sprinkle money line for, for you guys to keep you happy. I'll let you know. I'll put my DJ money you know, some, somewhere that'll make me somewhat happy. I'll double dip it. But in terms of what play I'm looking at, well, I'm going to try to give a dog for my pick each time I'm here. So here's where I'm at. I'm taking Chargers plus seven on the road at the Bucks. Chargers lost this week at home on a failed hook and ladder 
They turned the ball over three times before the fumble to the Panthers. Very uncharacteristic. I'm not sold on the Bucks. I'm not sold on the Bucks yet. I've watched it. Finally. Yeah, I'm coming Finally. around to it. They look a little slow. Look, last week was a Chargers game to lose. This is a Chargers game to win or at least cover that spread. I'll take them on this show with the seven. I just think that game's a little wonky to me when I look at that line. So don't be surprised if the Chargers inch their way into a competitive game with the Bucks this week. Tino, let me ask you a question on that game, though. Um, I saw something about Justin Herbert being injured. Is he going to start this game? He should be starting, yeah. I, I am betting on Justin Herbert to start this game. If not – I mean, they don't, don't have Tyrod, so uh, you're talking about Easton Stick then being the starting quarterback. Yeah, so if that's the case, the spread's going to jump up way past seven, and I'd probably send some red flags there. Uh, I would not bet on it. But uh, I'm fairly certain Herbert's going to be there and he's going to play, and that's what I'm trying to bet on. I like them to run the ball a lot in this game. I think they're going to try to. As long as Josh Kelly doesn't fumble the ball, they should be okay. But if not, uh, just roll with the Bills. I've been riding the uh, Bills wagon. That's a team I bet straight every week. They have a very friendly line for anyone. It's a three-point spread on the road against Vegas. Uh, Vegas is a little hot and cold, too. They're on and off. I'm not too sure where to pin them. They beat the Saints at home. They were battling the Pats, and then it turned into a blowout. The Bills are an absolute wagon, so I just sprinkle the money line, keep it away from that field goal number of three and I'll just take the minus 150. Uh, so if not the Chargers, take the bills. That's the favorite I'll roll with. All right. Good stuff. Um, and then let's close it out with some fantasy football real quick. So I have a question I'm going to bring here to the show from my guy, Spencer beers on Twitter. So he says, so mage, so I'm hurting this week with Godwin out and Deontay Johnson out with a concussion. I have Crowder and AJ on the bench, but not so hot on them either. I'm starting DJ Moore. Any sleepers this week that are not highly owned? You guys have any suggestions? Well, so it depends. Well, DJ Moore, I would definitely – I like DJ Moore this week uh, for the Panthers playing the cards. I think that card secondary looked vulnerable last week. I like what the cards defense has, but DJ Moore is a good play this week. I don't know, because this is going to be after waiver wires. There's a lot of hot guys out there. Obviously, Alan Lazard's the big guy. I was all over Lazard. So um, I have him in Dynasty. I've been on him. If he's still out there, I know he was about 50%. He's someone you got to jump on. They're going to be in another shootout this week, the Packers, against the Falcons. So if Lazard's still there somehow, I would definitely try to get him, uh, depending how deep your league is. Well, that's certainly – you took the name right out of my mouth. Lazard, somebody that I own in Dynasty, but he was available in a few redraft leagues. I put I put in big money on him, and I went big on him too. So um, Lazard was somebody that I grabbed as well. Murphy, any suggestions? Mm, not for your boy, but for d daily fantasy possibly. Uh, Tim Patrick, dude, like him tomorrow. Wide receiver basically won in Denver versus the Jets. Well, hey, look, that can be certainly a weekly streamer as well. Yeah, I mean, if you want to stream him, great. Don't listen to me, but <laughs> I like that in daily fantasy sports. Uh, he's probably gonna be super cheap. Um, that's I'm I'm contemplating starting him honestly tomorrow, but um, that's just because I got some injuries. But yeah, that's my uh, daily then let's fantasy. Let's throw it to tap. Our uh, our straight out of Coughlin. Um, <laughs> yeah, any fantasy suggestions? I know you suck at fantasy football, so I mean, I'm not sure you want to give any advice, but go ahead, dude. I'm a beast at fantasy, man. I got the championships right here, championships right here, baby. 
Those, those are, are participation. Sure those aren't participation yeah, <laughs> well, one of them is no. Um, in my league, we we actually get a championship belt that, that we pass around. This week for your boy, I like Renfro, man. I think uh, he's available in in a lot of leagues. That's not a bad suggestion with Rugs being out. I think he's gonna fucking blow up this week. That's a great suggestion. So, I got um, one more. Um, did you say Herbert's out? No, I said Herbert was injured, but um, I he got hurt he in the playing? game, yeah. but then came back. He's gonna back. play though, right? So, if Mike Williams misses, I kind of like that Guyton guy. Yeah, Jalen Guyton. Yep, good stream play. Right. Caught a TD last week. I'm definitely gonna put a little more effort into it next week. Let's uh come up with some more sleepers, and um, you know, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Tino, it's after the waiver wire, but do some sit 'em stardoms as well. Anybody have any closing words? Tap, 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 tap. Uh, closing words. Keep the faith, man. I, I'm going to constantly believe in this damn team, no matter how much they bring me down. I've been down on them before, and they've proven me wrong. I just, I just believe in this organization, man. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Giants guy. I'm a Yankees guy. I'm a Knicks guy. I'm an Islanders guy. I'm New York all the way. Um, just got to believe it, man. I, I honestly believe that Joe Judge is the guy. We just got to we, we just gotta ride it out. We just got to ride it out. The storm's going to pass. I hope so. I just hope it's sooner rather than later before the fucking flooding comes up to my uh, second floor window. So. Yeah. And also, I don't want fucking Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Cut that bullshit out. Well, look, it's the same people that you want to fight at MetLife Stadium. So you could just take them all out at the same time. I would love to. I swear, I, I would love to. Well, I'm pretty sure that there's a few of us that would be right there with you. So Let's do it. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right, Tab. Thank you for joining the show this week. Tap Jackson, everybody. Hide your wives. Hide your daughters. Hide your mothers, your sisters, because uh, Tap's fucking them all. So that's it. That's going to wrap up Clapback Sports <laughs> episode for this week. Peace and love, everyone. Peace.